God's will for our lives is that light would illuminate our hearts and transform our insides. But the way that we get there is deciding what we are willing to give our attention towards. Hey everyone, this is Kelvin. Welcome back to another message from Elevate Retake. I'm excited that you are here to continue our series entitled Righteousness by Heart. Today on the podcast, the message you're going to hear is from Pastor Michael, and it's entitled Treasure in Heaven. And if you want to follow along, it's Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 24. And the, and the question I kind of want you to think about as you listen is, where is your heart? You know, we're devoted to what we give our attention to, and you give your attention to what you're devoted to. So think about those things as you listen to the message. Again, happy that you're here. And think about that question, where is your heart? Here's Pastor Michael. Welcome home. There's always room for one more. Glad you're here this morning. I look out today, I see some visiting faces. Man, we're glad that you're here. If this is your first time at Elevate, I hope it's not your last. Uh, my name is Michael. I'm the pastor for young adults here at the Keene Church in this thing that we call Elevate. And it's a privilege and an honor to gather as a community in worship. Students have all left this week. Oh, not all of them, but a good chunk of them from the university. So we're feeling a little bit empty this morning, but that just means that there's room for a little bit more. So whether you're here in person, you're watching online, thank you for being here in this space. So here's where we're at this morning. Righteousness by heart. We've been exploring the Sermon on the Mount. And our engaged question for today is where is your heart? As we dive into scripture and we see what God has to say about where our hearts are located, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. God, thank you for being a God who cares about us and about our hearts. As we seek this morning to perhaps order our disordered hearts, God, may you take center stage and you may, may you take the throne so that we could know where we would walk and what we should do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We're gonna be in Matthew chapter six. We're gonna start in verse 19 here in a moment. So I'll give you a chance to turn to Matthew chapter six if you'd like to follow along in your paper Bible, digital Bible, whatever it is, as long as you're reading it, I'm okay with it. And as I was thinking over the message for today, we're gonna to start in verse 19 here in a moment so you can have your finger there ready to go. As I was thinking over the message this week about treasure in heaven and where your heart is and the passage that we're gonna read here in a moment, I began thinking to myself that life is really just a, a continual moving of stuff. You ever think about that? How this morning we've, we've arranged some lights and some chairs and music stands and some mics and we moved them all into place to facilitate worship this morning and they will be moved to a different place for the service coming up and then struck and then put back up next week. Life is just picking one thing up and putting it somewhere else. And some of us are, are really good at doing that to where if we pick something up and move it someplace else, that it'll get back to where its home base is, right? Others of us, we're just thankful that we can find it or maybe at least remember where it is in the heap of, of, of life going on, right? And when we're young, people do the moving for us. 
There's video footage of me. I don't have it for you today. Uh, when we were moving, when I was very, very young. I was like a year and a half or two years old, I think. We were moving out of Anchorage, Alaska. We we're going to Arkansas. There's video footage of me crawling up the stairs of our house and saying goodbye to my room and then coming back down being like, all right, we're ready to go. And it was then my parents had done all the packing. I just kind of sat on the sidelines and like everything was good. And we moved cross country. And then a number of years passed and it came time for them to move again to be a little bit closer to where I was here in Texas. And I had to go back home and I, I looked at the house and I looked at the moving truck. And I looked at the house and I looked at the moving truck and I said, is that, is that all gonna, we all, we gonna get everything, everything in there? And we're playing Tetris and we're getting all the stuff organized and we put the mattress right up and pulled the door down real quick to make sure nothing moved. When we get a little bit older, we do the moving for other people, right? And we have to decide what's valuable. The things that we carry around with us, the, the things that you brought here today that are on your person or the, the things that you keep in your apartment or your dorm room, you have placed value on those things. And I know you're a good looking group of people this morning, but I know everybody's got that box in the closet you haven't touched for like 10 years. You're like, I'm gonna come, I can't throw that out because I'm gonna come, there's, there's something important in there right? Yeah. <laughs> would you miss it if it went missing? You probably would. I know it's okay. But life is a continual moving of things back and forth. And we're deciding what is valuable. And the things that we hold dear sometimes lose their value to the point that we don't want to touch them anymore. We want somebody else to dispose of them. And so we take them out to the little blue canister and the guy in the truck comes along and it goes to the landfill. As we give our money and our attention to things, sometimes our heart can become disordered. And that's what Jesus has to talk to us today in Matthew chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 19. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. What a wealth to unpack this morning. Pun intended. It's in my notes. Some of y'all, yeah, it's okay to laugh. It's all right. I know we're kind of getting loose a little more. I get it, I get it. This passage in some ways is echoing Jesus' uh, mode of speaking. In chapter five, we heard a lot of, you have heard it said, but I say to you, it's the same motif. There is one way that the world operates. Don't do it that way. I need you to do it this way. And treasure, Jesus, what, are you, what, what is treasure? Jesus, what are, you, what are you talking about? What do you mean by that? Well, treasure is something that we place value in. One man's trash is another man's treasure right? Remember, we place our, our money and our attention into certain things, and those are the things that we value. And Jesus offers us in this text that we must be careful to not seek security outside of the kingdom of God. As it, it's as if you're trying to buy home insurance for your car. It's not going to protect it. Money, wealth, possessions, things are all included in what Jesus is calling treasure, but it does not stop there. 
Remember in the past couple weeks, we've been looking at when we give and when we pray and when we fast. And Jesus says, be careful. Don't do those things expecting other people to notice you because if you pray and you give and you fast, you're going to reap the reward of the, the people looking at you and saying, oh, what a wonderful Seventh-day Adventist Christian. Don't they just look so pious? Jesus says, that's all, the only reward you're going to get. Your father is the one who rewards in secret. And so be careful that you aren't storing up treasures here on this earth. The accolades, the plaques that you hang on the walls of your home or on your hearts, all of those will fade. It's all going to burn. And Jesus reorders our reality. And in verse 21, he says, in a way, life organizes itself around our hearts. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Because what we feed grows. Jesus says, show me your treasures, the the things that you value, and I'll show you your heart. Show me who you follow on InstaFace Snap Talk or something, and I'll show you your heart. The poet Mary Oliver puts it this way, attention is the beginning of devotion. You are devoted to what you give your time and attention to. And really in in this economy that we live in, the only two uh, things that we have to be able to navigate life are attention and money. And money is really just stored attention. You give your employer attention in the various tasks that they give to you and they'll give you money so that you can take that money and then go do other things. Really at the root of it, the only currency we have in our economy is our attention. And Jesus says, be very, very careful what you place value on. Be very, very careful what you give your attention to because that attention is the beginning of devotion. You give attention to what you're devoted to. You are devoted to what you give your attention to. So Jesus, this is kind of, this is hitting hard. I, I, I don't know that I like this, but how, how do we go about navigating our attention? How do we guide that? And he continues in Matthew chapter 6, verses 22 and 23. It says, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. It's not that we are supposed to not treasure anything. It's not that Jesus says, don't treasure anything at all. He says, be very careful what you treasure. Be careful what you give your attention to. Be careful what you place your eyeballs on. You see, treasuring and ascribing value to and worshiping is innately human. We can't kick ourselves because we're distracted by this thing and that and we find our devotion going all over the place and our attention going in different places. It's part of who we are. You know, that's why we made the show, made shows like uh, Antique Roadshow. 
Anybody ever watch Antique Roadshow? Remember that, PBS? They bring the antiques before and there's the, the expert with the person that's like, I just kind of found this in my attic and I thought it was interesting, so I'll bring it on the, sh- on the show. And they're kind of valuing it and they're saying, well, this is probably this late century this and this artist did that. And then by the end of the show, somebody's bringing somebody something forward and this person's like, I think Betsy Ross made this uh, blanket. And you're like, no, no, you see the, the, the threads on the one side, they're curving in instead of curving out. That's signature of what she would do become experts at valuing what is in front of us. To treasure, to ascribe value, to worship is to be human. We take things in on a daily basis. Barna did a study a couple years ago that said that the average young adult in this day and age spends out of an entire year 2,300 hours consuming something from a video screen, TV, phone, whatever it might be. Out of those 2,300 hours, 2,300, almost 100 days, one third out of the year, only 153 of those hours are used to consume some type of media that is directly connected to Jesus. No wonder we are living in the world that we live in today. The old saying goes, right? Garbage in, garbage out. What we give our attention to ultimately shapes who we will become. Jesus says, if your eyes are good, your insides are going to be great. But if your eyes are bad, it's going to be tough beans for your insides. We must carefully curate what we give our attention towards. So we have that pure heart that he talks about in the Beatitudes, that undivided heart that's not going one way or another, that's solely focused on Jesus and what he's done. Colossians chapter one, verse 13, will tell us what Jesus has done on our behalf. He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. He's taken us from that place of darkness and placed us in incredible light. And sometimes we take our eyes off of that light continually. In Ephesians chapter one, verse 18, we'll put it this way. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. God's will for our lives is that light would illuminate our hearts and transform our insides. But the way that we get there is deciding what we are willing to give our attention towards. Because you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. John Mark Comer puts it this way in his new book, Live No Lies. The starting place of devotion to God and movement into his kingdom is simply to set our attention on his spirit and truth. It's the only way. Focusing on what Jesus has done for us, leaning into the spirit who is leading and guiding us and letting that truth transform our insides. But how do we do that, right? Let's get practical for a moment because it's easy to say like, yeah, spirit and truth, cool, leave church, fantastic, everything's great. And it's just the same cycle week in and week out. And maybe, just maybe I can get something out of Elevate this morning that'll get me through the rest of the week. If you want to transform your life, regularly spend time in prayer and in scripture. And I would encourage you to do that without any type of device anywhere near your person. If you need a physical Bible, come talk to me. I got one in my office. I will give it to you. 
to take this word that God has given to us and sit quietly in order to hear the still small voice. Frustrated about outcomes in your life, frustrated about thought process that you think on a regular day-to-day basis, it's very, very hard to not think about something, right? If I told you don't think about a pink elephant, you're automatically thinking about a pink elephant. What we must do in our life is force out the negative thoughts with positive reinforcement, reading scripture to see who we are and what God has done for us. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Anytime the world tells you any different, go back to what Jesus has told you. Jesus concludes this section of the Sermon on the Mount with verse 24 of Matthew chapter six. He says, no one can serve two masters. For he will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And he gets real specific, really to the core there. And this verse is often used to say you can't be a Christian business person. I don't know about that because I know some fantastic Christian business people. What what, What I think Jesus is trying to say here is that a divided heart, one that's trying to serve the world and serve God will do neither well. And most often than not, you'll find yourself way out in the world and God's like, I never left your side, but you took yourself off course. Ellen White in The Thoughts Amount of Blessing puts it this way. Singleness of purpose, wholehearted devotion to God is the condition pointed out by the Savior's words. Singleness of purpose, wholehearted devotion to God. We must live with singleness of purpose and wholehearted devotion to God. Now, for those of you that are single in the room, that does not mean that you're going to be single for the rest of your life, okay? But that doesn't mean that you should settle. Because what Jesus is trying to bring to the forefront of our mind is that if we are to live the kingdom life, if we are to be a part of God's kingdom, to focus 100% on what God has set before us, to transform our hearts through the reading of scripture and engaging with God in conversation. It's the only way to the heart of God. Marathon runners, as they're prepping to run their long distances, will ask themselves the question, does this help me run? And if it doesn't, I'm not doing it. I'm not buying it. I'm not a part of it. Because anything that will distract me from the finish line and the purpose that I know that I have been called to do, I'm going to set that aside because I have a mission and a purpose and I'm not going to let anything else come in the way of that mission. Dallas Willard puts it this way in his book, Divine Conspiracy. I've been quoting him a lot. His Divine Conspiracy book is amazing as he talks about the nuances of the Sermon on the Mount. He says this, direct your actions toward making a difference in the realm of spiritual substance sustained and governed by God. Invest your life in what God is doing, which cannot be lost. You want fame, you want fortune, You want a house on the side of the hill with big glass windows? You can go through your life seeking that out 100%, but you will ultimately lose it at the end. Jesus invites us to store up treasure in heaven because you see the most valuable treasure is to be part of the marvelous reality of God's kingdom. That's the number one thing. That's the most valuable thing in our life is to be a part of God's kingdom. 
and to do the things that kingdom people do. It's not the by and by that we will one day look forward to. Jesus says the kingdom is here and it is now. And we can live out our purpose and our mission in following Jesus. It's my prayer for this community that we may be able to say like Paul in Philippians chapter three on the screen for you there. Yes, everything is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. Verse 13, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Verse 14, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Jesus begs us to ask the question, where is your heart? What's your singleness of purpose? What are you doing wholeheartedly? What do you love? What captures your imagination? What consumes your spare time? What do you cherish? Because where, you, there, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So where's your heart? Thanks so much for listening to this message from Elevate Retake. Make sure to stay tuned for our retake conversation dropping in your feed every single Friday. We hope you got a better understanding of what it means to have our treasure in heaven. And we hope you maybe were able to understand the question of where is your heart? You don't want to miss that conversation that we're going to have this Friday. So stay tuned for that. You can find us on Instagram at Elevate Retake. And we'd love for you to leave us a voice message over on the Anchor app. What's really cool is that they've partnered with Spotify. And so the question that we asked at the beginning of the episode, you can actually answer in the description of the Spotify link. That's another way for us to connect with you, the listener, as much as possible. If something from the message today impacted you or you felt like it changed you just a little bit, I'd encourage you to share it with a family member or a friend. All the links for everything is in the description. My name is Kelvin, and we'll see you next time.